It's Thursday, 4th of December 2014. This is HPR episode 1654 entitled Using as Numbers to Identify Where You Are on the Internet. It is hosted by Ken Fallon and is about 20 minutes long. Feedback can be sent to Ken at Fallon.i or by leaving a comment on this episode. The summary is, we have run out of shows. We need more now. This episode of HBR is brought to you by anhonesthost.com. Get 15% discount on all shared hosting with the offer code HPR15. That's HPR15. Better web hosting that's honest and fair at anhonesthost.com. Hi everybody, my name is Ken Fallon and before I get into today's show I want to make an appeal for, uh, we're short of shows, so we went from a peak during the summer of 45 days uh, with shows back to back in the queue down to basically we're out of shows now. If we look at it from the point of view of having a few emergency shows in the queue and uh, shows that Ahuka and Dave have uploaded, we will probably make it to the end of the year, which would be seven years of HPR. Now, this has been coming in a while. We've all been hearing a lot from Ahuka and a lot from 5150. They've been essentially carrying the network. So if you wish to have HPR continue, then you need to make a commitment and actually send in some shows. This isn't a request to send in questions about whether you think this would be a good show or commitments that oh I will send in a show it's actually uploading shows is all I want to hear about I have my own guilt trips to to manage with shows that I promised one which was to Enigma over nearly nine years ago now so yes and I still owe one to Peter 64 and many many others so let's not promise to do shows let's just do some shows if you listen to Hacker Public Radio, even if this is your first um, episode, be aware this is a community-produced podcast. So it means the people who produce the shows are the people who are listening to the shows. If you think that doesn't apply to you, well, it doesn't if you've submitted a show in the last 365 days. If you have not, then yes, it applies to you. Um, so please send in shows. With that in mind, I wanted to tell you of a cool little thing, problem that I had, and how I went about solving it. It might be of interest to you, it might not, who knows. The problem, stated relatively simply, is I have mobile devices, <clears throat> a laptop to be specific, and phones and that sort of thing, but it's mostly related to my laptop. Now, I take that and I use it here at home, I use it on the train over a cell network, and I use it in work. In those different places, I also use wired network connections or mobile network connections. So depending on where I am, I might want to connect to my local NAS at home. I might want to connect to some work servers. I might want to not make any network connections because I'm on wireless and I just want to be able to browse the net. 
if I'm using a public access point, I might want to make sure that all my traffic gets routed through a VPN that's slightly slower but more secure, yada, yada, yada. We all are familiar with the various different issues. Computers these days do quite a good job of connecting to the network and discovering, well, I've got an Ethernet connection or I've got a wire connection, and that's basically where it ends. So I've had scripts for a long time where I tried to identify where I was, what the connection was, and based on the IP range, uh, if I'm on 192.168 private range, I'm at home. If I'm at 10.whatever.whatever, I'm at work. And that kind of works, but then it kind of doesn't because the 10 networks are now used by mobile uh, operators when they're doing their... um, when they're doing their uh, cellular networks, so that kind of doesn't work well. Then you could look for the MAC addresses um, and ping various different devices, but that means you're always pinging redundant devices. If you're at home, you might be pinging a server in work. If you're in work, you might be pinging a server at home, and they're not going to reply, so you have to put in timeouts, and it gets ugly, and the IP addresses change. And then I tried looking at things like ARP tables, you know, looking at the MAC addresses of devices, which is unique, but then you need to maintain a list of your devices. And if the network router in work changes or switches to a backup of your home device breaks, then you have to go in and edit the script. And, you know, it's just a mess. So I was thinking about this and I was thinking, well, there's got to be a better approach to this whole solution. And rather than going from the inside out so you know rather than looking at oh i've been given an ip address on this machine it's been given from that device and that device i know happens to be there that's kind of unmanageable so what i've done now over the last few months is i've thrown that on its head and the first thing i do is i try and connect to my own server externally and and run uh, open a page which is um a PHP page with um, what is my IP.php, which I'll include in the show notes. And it's basically got three variables. Uh, well, it's got the IP address is uh, server dollars underscore server remote address. That's it. Uh, that's all it does. And it prints that. Um, I have two other things in there, which I, I use for myself, but they're, they're, they're not used in the script. But it prints the IP address. You make this call, you get the IP address. Now, if you don't have your own server, you can go to Google or IP Chicken or IP, uh, what is my IP address.com. And all of these services, I think there's another one, uh, ipconfig.me or something. And all of these services just send you back the IP address. And when you think about it, is this a massive invasion of privacy? It's basically how the internet works. When you go to a web page and you want them to send you something back, they need to know where you are or they ain't going to be able to send it back. It's as simple as that. And so that's all very well. So how does that help me? Well, it at least tells me. So I ask the server to tell me what IP address that I'm displaying. So that's good news because it tells me um, what IP address uh, I am coming out on the public. So because of the shortage of internet addresses, private ranges have been used. The 192, the 172 range, um, not all of the 192, 168 range, and the 10 dot whatever range have been used. And those are pooled addresses used by organizations and companies and people in their personal homes. So rather than having to have an IP address for every device that you have, we have shared these private address ranges and then those are NATed to network address translation through your modem device out to the internet. So you're only using for all the devices that are in your home. 
you're only using one IP address. That hopefully will all change with IP version 6 and everybody will be able to talk to everybody else and we'll all be singing Kumbaya and everything will be wonderful. But as it stands now, that's how it, that's why you might be in work and get 192.168 range and you might be at home and get 192.168 range and why you have problems. But what you won't have, if you call the server from home, you will get definitely a different IP address than you will if you call the server from work you will get a definitely a different IP address range. So that's fantastic. Problem solved. Well done. We can all go home. Not 100% true because the IP address that you're on will change. Even though it's a single IP address, when you reboot your router, you will get another one. When at work, you might have also a pool of IP addresses that will be shared. So that's not 100% ideal, really. What if there was an open source database that you could use freely that would tell you where the IP address is assigned to. Surely this thing cannot exist. Well, actually, it's been around for a long time. It's called the GeoIP database. Actually, it's called the GeoLite Country and the GeoLite City databases, and they're provided free of charge under a um, Apache-ish, if I read it correctly, license. And it's by the company MaxMind. They also release snippets of code and the C library is released under the LGPL. They've done this for years and there's more than one company based uh, bases they're filtering on this. This is typically, this type of technology is typically used by people to decide what country you're in. So they'll look at your IP address and put the language on to whatever the country is, which I find immensely frustrating. Oh, you go to Google, you have everything set. There's a browser setting that goes with your browser that says, give me English, and they insist on giving you Dutch. Insist. There's only there's only some sort of hack around that you can do to turn that off, but it is really, really annoying. If somebody sends English in the browser, they should receive English back, but that's not the case because most operating systems are installed with English here in this country, so you can't, they obviously can't use that, but that's a pet peeve, pet peeve. Other places where you might come across this sort of thing is if you're playing videos on YouTube, for instance, and it's blocked in your country, then you will, uh, they will have used a geo, a geo IP address uh, database to look up the IP addresses. Mightn't necessarily be the one from MaxMind, but that sort of thing. If you uh, ever tried to play a video from the US in Europe, you and you got one of those, you, the, it is not available in your country. That's what's happening. Incidentally, it would also be if you come to a European site and you get the EU clicky privacy policy thing, that's what's happening there as well. And it's also why, um, just a little footnote, why uh, Google are, uh, I call shenanigans on Google's uh, implementation of the law that requires them to respect users' privacy because they know full well where people are physically located. And the fact that they're saying they can't implement their uh, the legal requirements to do whatever it is that their legal requirement is based on whether you're inside or outside the EU is shenanigans. That's a by the by. Anyway. My point here is that GeoIP is quite useful. Now, if you yum install GeoIP, which I think is already installed on Fedora 20 by default, or an apt-get install um, GeoIP-bin, it will pull in the GeoIP tools. If you look in user share GeoIP, which is capital G and IP, you will see 
also with the same camel case lettering, two different databases, one called geoip.dat and the other geoipv6.dat. And as you can imagine, one is for resolving IP addresses in the version 4 and the other is for resolving IP addresses in the version 6. Fantastic. Very good. With me so far. Then you can use a tool. Fedora is slightly different, but we'll get to that in a moment. Then you can use a tool called GeoIP Lookup and use a common IP address, 8.8.8.8, which is Google. And that will give you back GeoIP Country Edition US United States. So you know that that IP address is registered to a company in the United States. That's all very well. However, if I um, was using an IP address for a company, um, my company or whatever, and I was registered that IP address, then the database would show that I was, which city I was coming out of. If I'm an ISP and providing IP addresses to end customers, then you get the IP address of the ISP's head office. So essentially, it means that you get the IP address of whatever provider you happen to be on. For me, this worked out okay because I happen to be on a different provider at home than I am in work that I would be on the train. So happiness there. However, then I discovered on Fedora when I installed GeoIP that there was another database called GeoIP asnumber.dat and asnum version 6. Now, what, uh, what is asnumber? Well, the internet gets its name from, uh, from the word uh, interconnected networks. And that stands for autonomous, so AS stands for autonomous system. So how it actually works is every ISP or big company or whatever requests an AS number. And then using various different uh, routing policies, you are able to route between these using BGP protocols, for instance. So my ISP will have one AS number and my work ISP will have another AS number and the mobile provider will have another AS number. So what happens if you do a GeoIP lookup on Fedora? You get the same line, 28.8.8. You get GeoIP country edition US United States, but you get an additional line, GeoIP AS number edition with AS number AS15169, registered to Google Inc. Pretty cool. Why is this pretty cool? Well, as it turns out, even if you are with the same internet provider, the chances are, if they're doing DSL or fiber or whatever, they will use a different AS number for the DSL, a different AS number for the mobile network, and a different AS number for whatever. Even in work, we use different AS numbers for our mobile wireless networks, which are open to the public, uh, or the ones we use for our labs, or the ones we use for our desk, desktops, desks. That turns out to be really, really useful. Now, I will include a script that you can, um, it's important to know that you can use to update all these databases. It's important to note that um, your package manager will not automatically update these databases. So you need to run a, a cron job and it's quite simple. I, I put a script in for database in and a list of all the geo country lights, the city ones, the IPv6, the AS numbers, and it downloads that using wget and it unzips them and pops them into user share GeoIP with the name of the GeoIP database. Now I'm sure Mr. Morris will have a recommendation for how to improve that. But there you go. So that that is that. Now that brings me on to how you can use that. 
So what I have uh, in the show notes will be a very, very quick script, which the first line does a wget with a very quick timeout to the location of where my um, server is. And if it's up, I will then try and get my IP address. And then um, I have a very simple uh, GOIP lookup, and I basically grab out the AS number. And I have a simple case statement, and depending on the AS number, it says whether I'm at home, I'm at work, I'm on GPS, or I'm on a, on a, even on the HPR VPS, or on the GSM network. So that tells me my location. Then the only other thing I need to do is use IWconfig for my interfaces to determine whether I'm wired or wireless. So then I have a connection is found, my IP address and all that sort of stuff. And then I have a case statement where I have location, uh, dollar location has the variable uh, with an underscore and underscore type for whether it's wired or wireless. And then I do work wired and then all the stuff I want to do for my work wired, work underscore wireless, all the stuff I want to do for that, GSM underscore wireless, which obviously is GSM, home wired, home wireless. And what you choose to do with that after that is entirely up to you. I have, as I said, mounting various different disks and opening VPNs. And you, I mean, you might run your monitor um, monitor configuration utilities, or if you're Jezra, you might have uh, your machine uh, do all sorts of interesting cool stuff but that's pretty much it so not very complicated and uh, doesn't need to be it's a regular show so now i will be, bid you adieu and welcome you i will wish you happy holidays i guess is the politically correct thing to just say looking at my wife who's very cold after coming in from shopping okay tune in tomorrow for another exciting episode of Hacker Public Radio, made even more exciting by the fact it's probably your episode because you've felt so guilty that you've immediately decided not to watch the news tonight and instead record a show for Hacker Public Radio. All right, if I don't see you, I'll talk to you later on the New Year show. You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website or record a follow-up episode yourself. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license.